Two boys. A Mark. Bog beef. Fredo. Well, we can win the five. Drive the five. That's the cars with. <laughs> yeah, I've got that. Well, he's about the Toyota dealership. Give away bumper stickers. Um, still got it. It's never been more over than it is now. Oh, it's bad. It's really <laughs> bad. Um, well, wait, before we get into that, though, there's some debate here among the listeners. It's between you and me, Merrick, according to the listeners who picked that song. I feel like this is like the Van Halen, like the Van Halen song uh, when, from the week you weren't here. It's, it it could have been either one of us, honestly, but it was Freda. Could have been any of us. Are you a big Cars fan too? Oh yeah, but I, I came in like um, so uh, I, I I was just like everybody else. Uh, I liked all their their radio hits that were on um, that were on uh, classic rock radio. But uh, I got into them because uh, Rick Okasik, the um, the front man, was like very influential uh, producer. And we talked about the producer stuff before, but like. Um, I don't see him as a direct producer credit on uh, Smashing Pumpkins, which I certainly thought that that was the case. But um, uh, I don't know how to tell people this, but like the first Weezer album was really good. And so was the second one. They were really good albums. I know they're like we're in the uh, we're in the uh, it's over frame for that. Like, you know, you we're back and it's over. It's like right now you have <laughs> like the albums. Those albums weren't good. They were really good albums. And I mean that, like in the in the in the way of like uh, people have noticed, like if you take all of Britney Spears hits and you play them with like uh, with like just an acoustic singer or in a rock band or like any other context, like most of the like the songs like hold up. They're really good songs. Same thing. Uh, like regardless of what you want to say, the album was really good. It was produced really well. It spawned like um, I don't know. It was just really really cool and. Uh, Rick Ocasek had a lot, a lot, a lot to do with that. And I think I was sort of primed for that because it's it obvious that Billy Corgan worshipped him. <laughs> Someone said, it's most over right before we're back. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's, I love that. That's a very zen. That's a good very zen attitude. I wonder if you guys could tell me about, so I've heard a little bit about this. So there's the girl on the album cover. Yeah, she was. Paulina Paris. Kova, and let me just tell you. So when I looked at like uh, that album cover is not very flattering to me. I didn't look at that and be like, "Wow, that's a beautiful woman." But apparently, this is, was like the most beautiful woman in Russia at this time. This is like during the Soviet Union, and all these different people were like, "How do we get this beautiful woman out of Russia? She's too beautiful to be in the Soviet Union." And I, I, I like one way you could tell if people are like legitimately beautiful, like so. Uh, she looks good, like no matter like what uh, what age she is. You know what I mean? She's got like she actually is sort of like talking about those songs. There's people that just sort of look good at different times. You know, you get on a cycle of juice or something, but um, no, like she actually is is put together. Well, she's like a she's like uh, a a supermodel, right, from the seventies. Who was it yeah. that she was married to? She was she was uh, there's a there's like a well, she was well, married to him. Wasn't she married to him to Okasik? Yeah. yeah. I thought that she had like she was involved in a relationship with some weird famous person, kind kind of like the you know the the uh, how uh, Varoufakis ended up marrying the girl from that Common People song. Like, didn't what didn't she didn't she wasn't she connected to some strange? Political I know figure you're, you're talking about the the dude from uh, the War Nerd podcast. Didn't he like have a go at her or something like that? I, I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm not, not going to defame anybody with that. All I can find is um, uh, it says she dated Aaron Sorkin after Rick died. Rick yeah. died in 2019. Oh, I don't know. I'm, maybe I imagined it. Well, uh, anyways. Um, yeah, but before before we get started, uh, 14 minutes past the hour, we got a car accident on the 405 North at Wilshire, <laughs> exit 55. So, uh, you know, watch out there. Yeah. That's actually true. Yep. I just looked that up on traffic report. I was going to say there, Merrick, you, you act like you're this uh, southern guy, not very cosmopolitan. You're just throwing around intersections in Los Angeles like it's no big thing. Yeah. You're welcome. That was Paulina. She was Czech. She was the first she was the first Central American woman to appear on Sports Illustrated's the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Uh, apparently, I, her parents were uh, like anti-Soviet dissidents, and I guess that was um, that. And she was smoking hot was why they had to get her out of there. Yeah, it never hurts if you just if you like if you're a ten for your era. You're you're right there like that like the the. Photo, the album cover up picture of her is like the least flattering photo of her that exists. It's bizarre. People brought up patronage. I don't want to go too deep on this, but um, let me tell you. Uh, <clears throat> so a lot of people talk about like they have like different bits or whatever that I, I really, 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 really believe in the patronage thing. Like I really do. And uh, it's just something I said like this week, like, you know, if, if you look five years from now, I mean, a lot of people have different ideas out there, you know, in the, uh, the, the amateur space in five years, like, like would I bet money on my, on my own ideology here versus others? Yeah. I would bet it all. I would bet it all. I bet that patrons would be a bigger deal than all these other ones in five years or 10 years or, or whatever. Um, because it's, it's really good. I mean, it, it really is. There's people that don't even like me that they're like, they got to admit that. Uh, and so I don't know, I don't know if you saw, uh, I just see it more and more out there. And, uh, so I saw someone talking about, um, the Huey Long movie and they were talking about how it teaches you about patronage and stuff like that. And, uh, but anyways, uh, Aura McIntyre did, did a video about it. He gave us a shout out. Here's the thing, man. Uh, and, and this is why people get mad about it. It's a patronage model. It's. I, there's no word for it because like you would you would say this like this is like sociology but like sociology's fake so <laughs> so you can't even say that it's just like basic human behavior 101 so yeah it's always going to work the, the 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 trick is like you have to be able to suss out who who the clients are who the patrons are and and you know exactly how they're how they're paying out to them like that's that's the hard part and I mean, it, well, I would say it used to be the hard part. Like every day, it gets a little bit easier because they're getting kind of dumber and more overt with it, to the point where, like, eventually they're just going to start paying out money directly to their clients from the from the treasury. They already do it indirectly, but they're just going to start doing it directly. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what reparations are. The the other thing too is like you can have Bog Beef explain patronage to you, and you're probably going to understand it. Right, which is a good thing. The way to, the way you want to make money is you got to have this like r these real complex theories of the world that require just like insane amounts of explanation, and not everyone can understand it. So it, it gives like your listeners this this sort of uh, superiority complex if they think they understand it, and then yeah. they can mock all the other people that don't understand it. Like that that's where the money's at. That's where you want to be. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, so like there's, there's levels to it. So like level one is, uh, part of it is it, it, it makes you focus on the fundamentals and that's very difficult. 
sometimes dangerous. People bring up James Lindsay. I don't think James Lindsay is like like legally allowed to. Remember, I, my, my I'm not using my name and my my Christian name and my and uh, I don't have a professional <laughs> job. Everyone knows that, that I have whatever. So like there, like he may be legally unable to stick to fundamentals, um, and like being forced to stick to fundamentals. That's very powerful. That's very powerful. Uh, that that's, um, uh, everyone like there's nothing, there's, there's no, there's nothing that like, uh, uh, there's no sport or skill that's, uh, that's like little tricks are more important or, you know, deep theory is more important than fundamentals than just fundamentals. Like, uh, you know, if you want to be the best piano player or the best violin player, like you need, like it's the most important thing is to have like the best fundamental stance, the best fundamental way you hold the bow, et cetera. Fundamentals are more important than anything else. That's, that's very strong. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're not academics. If you're an academic and you just, and I, I would assume, I mean, you, you I'm more than assuming you can't just say, well, I have this really basic ass theory where I'm just sort of where, uh, th things are very simple. Why do I, you know, that, that doesn't really, uh, that doesn't really uh, do it for you. It's kind of like, there are eternal, there are a zillion theories about why uh, people like Hegel and stuff were tried to make their ideology, quote unquote, scientific. They all said, we're going to do science. Well, let me tell you, like the reason why they did that, and there's no genius that will tell you this, but they're too smart to understand. Uh, the reason why they, they do that is because uh, you got paid different depending at the university, whether or not you're doing science or you're not, that's it. <laughs> and like for obvious reasons, like, you know, if you're actually like, uh, you know, you could go check the work of someone doing science back then. Oh, you're doing science. Well, let me show show me in the, the test speaker what's going on. So all of a sudden these guys are like, well, my, my philosophy is going to be sciencey. Yeah. Because they got, they got paid more. That's all that matters. But I mean, there is like, the thing is, uh, patronage is easy to get started with, but there are other levels. It, it doesn't go that deep, but it goes, it goes deeper. Let me tell you this idea. It's powerful. It's really powerful. There's, you're not going to tune in next week. And I'm going to be like, no, no, no. You know what? You got to hear about labor theory of value or some shit like that. Like you, you may hear about other theories. We talk, um, there are other great theories out there that I think are powerful. What's the, the one about your identity? That's not very specific. Uh, the German philosopher. I'm sorry if you're listening. I can never. Oh, uh, the pro felicity. Yeah. yeah. Pro that's Hans Georg Muller. Pro felicity <laughs> is a. I mean, uh, let me tell you. I think pro felicity will be a more powerful idea in five years than it is now. I think that's a very strong idea. Agreed. Yeah, of course. The the thing is, it's like the the the, the problem with thinking about plot, politics through patronage that people will sometimes attack attack us about is it like well it can't explain every human and human and political interaction and that's true but like there's nothing that can do that there are a lot of political philosophies that claim i can that this this here's one weird trick to explain every human interaction in in history like you know famously marx tried to do this but that's fake like you like you can understand why the why the U.S. government does something? If you think through the lens of patronage, you can't necessarily use that lens to figure out why X group of people became their clients in the first place, or why they choose to do this or do that. 
Like yeah. there are other there are uh, there are other levels to it. And it's important. And this like this is, uh, you know, if you're looking for one size fits all theory, there will be plenty of people who are offering it. Like Fredo said, especially online, there's it's, there's a lot of clout, whatever. If you can offer esoteric ideas that will explain the secrets of the universe, the problem with those people, and I've said this before, is that they have to keep. You got to keep hitting them with it. You got to keep coming up with next week a new esoteric theory they never heard of, because eventually, you know, people will get uh, hip to your stupid theories, and you have to come up with a new one. And we don't have to name names, but you, if you, if you're listening to this, you probably know at least one person who, no, who does there, this. There's people listening to this right now, and I'm not being mean, but uh, you've you've critiqued the uh, you thought that the patronage is really stupid and dumb and all this kind of stuff, and you're on like your fourth. Uh, you're on your fourth. Uh, we'll be generous here and say model. And yeah, the 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 quote here that's important is that all model. This is from uh, George Box. He's like one of the great st- statisticians, like the guy that came up with like Bayesian in- inference and stuff like that. Uh, George Box. Essentially, all models are wrong, but some are useful. Uh, now you get really you get really dumb and ahead of yourself when you don't realize that these things that you're trying to model reality, and we're all trying to model reality. That's it's important. You need to model reality. You need to have a, you need to have a, a model, a range for what that the guy in in the SUV next to you uh, in the lane is is um, is likely to do. You don't know what he's going to do. There's nothing that can tell you exactly what he's going to do or exactly what he's thinking or or whatever but you got models you you got ideas of what of, of what's going on there you know what i'm saying if you tell me his vital demographics i can i can narrow down the range of actions pretty significantly <laughs> yeah uh yeah so um i don't know i just uh, a little ode, ode to the patrons thing we should probably <laughs> do another uh patrons roundup episode because it just like fundamentals it's never a thing where you're like um you're 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 sort of done brushing up on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, if you think that you've got everything figured out, that's a sign that you're just when you just nice. when you think you've got the answers, Bog Beef changes the questions. <laughs> 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 well, it, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's more of the thing is you, you always have the, the the answers are very simple. You can fit them on napkin, but um, it's it's you have to get, you got to stay sharp in it, like fundamentals. Um, anyways. I've got a I've got a quick hit story here that's uh pretty fascinating. Okay, for it. I can't find it, so we make it look easy. Uh, here we, go. we make it look easy. You make it look pretty hard, buddy. Yeah. Okay. This is this is uh, a wonderful story. I don't know if you guys heard about this. Uh, I didn't hear it on the news. I heard from my parents. A Texas woman snagged a two thousand year old Roman bust for thirty five dollars at Goodwill. I saw a tweet about this. So did she? Did she sell it? She got ambushed by quote unquote historians. I don't know if that's like teens or joggers or something <laughs> who uh, have made her. She's it's, it's being sent back to Europe. They basically said, uh, and by the way, guess, guess who the statue is of Augustus Pompey. Ah, oh, okay. Rip. So they convinced her to give up this priceless artifact for nothing because I guess it, it belongs to the museum. Is that, is that what happened? Um, well, this it's not important. So, um, but this woman's obviously very liberal. I'm guessing she's yeah. the education thing. The reason okay. I'm saying that because one of her uh, pictures she took after she bought this uh, 
53 pound um they say bust but it's just like neck up um of of pompey it, it looks great and by the way like um you know there's people that, uh you ever heard the, these kinds of um uh this thing they were doing last year where they were saying like uh rome isn't real what no uh, well, this, this was like this progressive thing about Rome isn't real. And when you really like got down to it, you're like, uh, it was really basically a complaint that um, a lot of things are like this is like a, a sort of a Martin Bailey, but like a, you get, you're like, oh, Rome isn't real. Well, well, well here, uh, by the way, here's all this massive evidence we have. You can just walk down the Appian way. And they say, well, uh, it was basically a complaint that uh, the, what would he we call it the place where the Pope lives. The Vatican City. The Vatican didn't allow like unlimited access from SJAW academics to their archives, basically. All right. So they, they were trying to claim that what like the Rome is fake history, that there was no Roman Empire, that this is like all a big conspiracy theory. Is that what they were saying? It's kind of the thing where it's like, um, well, well, I don't believe Jesus is real. So mm-hmm. now you have to prove it. And what's your evidence? Oh, okay. Yeah, who yeah, who cares? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was a big uh, viral thing a little while ago. Um, I, I you know I gotta say I I like you know I'm I'm a fan of history. I like these things. If I purchased a bust of Pompey, uh, you know from the ancient world, somebody's gonna be cutting me a check before I then get shipped off anywhere. I'll keep that I'll keep that on on the mantle, you know, until until somebody. Peels off that peels off some walking around money. <laughs> Ain't no historian's gonna sh- slut shame me into giving it away for free. Yeah. Well, by the way, I mean, is, isn't it cool though that like um, you could just sort of look at this wrote this head from of uh, this picture of you know whatever you call it this this depiction of someone from two thousand years ago and everybody is like oh that's Pompey, that's Pompey, that's pretty cool. Like we we know what Pompey looked like. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder if you're hip to this Fredo. I mean, uh, Merrick brings up an interesting point. Are you hip to this stuff? I don't know. Maybe this is a Florida thing, but there's sort of like a, a Florida reactionary politics bit about, um, uh, oh, that's a good, good, uh, point. Cornish Jack says the bus was last seen in Germany, world war two. Yeah. What is, don't you think that's, is that where it would come from? Yes, just like he said, somebody's grandpa stole that thing during the war. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in his rucksack and brought it home. Uh, don't mind if I do. <laughs> that, that's funny because that, you know, that's exactly like uh, this is the reason why there's all these headless statues there because uh, if you were a uh, you know a Gallic meathead, you're like I'm not dragging that big ass statue back, but I'll just take the head. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, I like also, how something what, never changes, you know. What did he do with that? What did he do with that bust for eighty years? Was he just chilling out and was it Texas? You said. Yeah, do, you just, yeah. do you just have it sitting on the coffee table beside the TV guide for eighty years? It's pretty incredible. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I, that's that's just amazing. Like, uh, you know, your your grandpa there, and apparently, you know, they 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 threw it, they sold it off at a estate sale, probably after it croaked. He like. He went, traveled across the world with uh, with an M1 Garand and battled his way and took like uh, a statue that was made at the time that pop, like that was sculpted out of one of the greatest generals of all time 
And, uh, you know, nobody cares. They just got, got went to Goodwill. But i uh, sorry, Freda, are you hip to this stuff? Because it's a kind of a, a legal thing, kind of a right-wing politics thing uh, about uh, finding uh, Spanish, Spanish gold. Uh, yeah, only the the broadest outlines of it. Uh, I know that, like, as in, like, I know that it's like a thing, and you you get to like basically keep it if you find it, as if I remember correctly. Like, that's the whole the whole deal behind it. Well, hell yeah, a, a lot of the. I mean, there's definitely. Uh, I've heard it as a version of like that you don't get to keep it that the government takes all of it, but. Either way, it, it's like uh, there's definitely places around the world where you don't get to keep it. And like uh, what's effed up about that is if you tell people, oh, if you're a diver and if you find uh, a giant treasure chest full of uh, gold doubloons, uh, 100% of that belongs to the United States. It belongs to the government. Well, you're not going to get anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like there there's i've seen a lot of that stuff in saint augustine because that's a big shipwreck area there's like a, a few places where you can go some like go see some like really cool shipwreck stuff that's been uh like basically just like brought out of the bottom of the ocean and then they will like uh let they they show you like their restoration processes too and in, in terms of like how they get like all the basically 50 years of ocean off the thing without, you know, or not 50 years, like hundreds of years of ocean off the thing without like destroying it. Um, and the reason there's so many shipwrecks there is because that's where all the loyalists fled uh, throughout most of the whole Southeast as the Americans started winning the war uh, in the Revolutionary War I'm talking about. So like if you're into that kind of thing, St. Augustine has a lot of really cool stuff for you to go see. Yeah, that's um, East Florida. That was with like a, uh- America, you hit the like bloody Bill Anderson, what that guy's name was. Yeah, well, hip to him in what way? Like, did, did he, wait, did he have a hidden cache of gold too? No, no, he was one of the guys that uh, he ran away to East Florida, or whatever. By the way, yeah, um, I mean that was a that was a a move that you can make until basically they drain the swamps. You could just <laughs> you could just uh, f off down the Florida and 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 vanish into the ether. Because it was place it was pretty much a wilderness until air conditioning was invented. Yeah, it was also run by the Spanish. By the way, Saint Augustine, longest inhabited uh, settlement in North America. Yes, and e- but even what? after we took it from Spain, uh, like even when it was an American territory for a long time, you could just go there and be a proto Florida man and not be bothered by well, the government. Cu- Couple things. One, when all the loyalists were fleeing there, it wasn't Spanish. It was British. It was just loyalists. Uh, didn't sign the Declaration of Independence. And what I'm talking about is a little different than disappearing because St. Augustine actually became became like insanely overcrowded during the Revolutionary War because so many loyalists fled there. Like they had like I guess what we would call today a housing shortage because like so many of them got there <laughs> and because they were in such a rush. That's why so that's why there were so many wrecks because they were like literally just grabbing all the shit they could grab as the continental army was taking your city or whatever. Uh, and then you would end up, you know, down there. The best story though, and I, I won't go through it again because we I already told the whole thing on a, an earlier episode to Merrick's point about just disappearing in, the swamp and becoming a jungle man uh, was the William Bowles story where he was a British loyalist 
who fled to Florida instead of going to, to you know, what was considered urban then St. Augustine, he went out into the swamps and Cedar key, uh, married, uh, an Indian chief's daughter became the chief united all the tribes in Florida under one flag, declared his own country and then fought a war, uh, to which he lost eventually, but he, he hung in there for a few years. Base. That's, that's like, a, uh, was he, okay. Uh, beginning of story, was he some kind of elite at the beginning? Uh, I don't know how elite he was, but he, I mean, he was an English colonist from Maryland. Uh, but he was, I don't know, like if he was an elite, but I know he was a loyalist and had to flee, you know, either during or right after the revolutionary war. That would be the, the most perfect, like, uh, embarrassed elite that becomes counter revolution, uh, whatever revolutionary, you know what I mean? Yeah, like literally marrying an Indian woman and uh, and like because I cannot imagine that was easy to do. Like he learned their language, like you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, convincing the chief you were you were good to go as the next guy in charge. There had to be a lot of planning involved in that. Yeah, they make you wear those mitts with the ants in them and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. But part of this story is awesome. Part of it. Um, this person paid 35 bucks for a, uh, for uh, a bust of Pompey and the Boulder, Colorado, uh, Goodwill. Charging. Oh, it was Boulder. I thought it was Texas. No, this was Texas, but the, uh, Boulder, Colorado, uh, Goodwill online got 239 bucks for me for the, uh, for the X-Files DVD. <laughs> That's kind of bullshit. You got played, son. <laughs> Man, I would have thought like you could probably like I, DVDs. I guess I'm wrong. I always assumed that's like everywhere. You can get them for like ten cents a piece. These were these were Blu-rays, and there was the auction. But Fair they got some hot deals on that uh, that Goodwill uh, auction site. Chaps his ass to give money to charity, even if it gets him the blue, cherry Blu-rays of of, the, of his favorite television show. Yeah. All right, I've put it off long. Yeah, long enough. It's the dream is dead. Tucker Carlson out at Fox News. They fired him. I mean, they didn't technically fire him. They agreed to part ways, but they fired him. uh, So Tucker Carlson tonight, uh, November 14, 2016 to April 21st, 2023. Well, first of all, I'll just say I know a lot of people in everyday life who watch the show. He's the most popular cable uh, news person on the planet by a long shot. I guess he was. We looked I'll, at the, the ratings yesterday. The only thing that beats him is like like pro sports and stuff, right? Yeah, pretty much. That's that's pretty that's pretty much it. Uh the universally what I heard was, well, I guess I'm not going to watch Fox News anymore. People canceling their Fox you canceled your Fox Nation account, right? Yep. Yeah, I heard I've heard like three different people said they're going to do that who had it and I haven't been asking around about it. How, By the way, th- this was when it wasn't clear what what happened, and like I, I wasn't like, well, I'll show it to you. I'll put the boycott. You know, it was just like, what, like what, what else would I possibly watch on Fox other than than Tucker Carlson? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't even watch his show, but I, I, I 
because I don't watch, I don't, I don't have cable, and I don't watch cable. But like, he, he he put on a good show, and you and you every day you'd see a new you'd see a new clip from a show that was uh, unlike anything that anybody else was talking about in the news in the mainstream. Laura Ingram is the only person that's like remotely close uh, to him as being like a base show. It is pretty. I mean, it's more base than people would know. Yeah, I've caught things here and there from her that would indicate as such. I mean, this is a. I mean, I it, I get why they're celebrating. It's a big deal because they yeah. now effectively control all media. You know what I mean? The last like this term is so played out, but like dissident voice that was left at any major mainstream outlet is now gone. Like they eliminated it because like Fox News is now actually like, for instance, is going to be talking, you know, the, the majority opinion is going to be that we're not supportive enough of Ukraine. Yeah. You know, like that's what that's what it's going to be now. And like, you know, uh, well, I'm not going to say other stuff because I don't want to get us kicked off. Well, hey, uh, let's see. Well, I know that there was a, there was a story today from it was a unknown source in the DOD said, you know, good riddance that he's gone. We're we're glad we don't we don't need somebody going on TV and and talking shit about the DOD on a nightly basis. So they're happy. The the people who run the Pentagon are happy about this. Uh, I think. I mean, we got to talk. Uh, just as a note, something that's got to be unprecedented. Uh, when this happened, um, people were literally dancing on the streets in Manhattan. People were dancing on the streets in Manhattan. I like you know what I'm saying. That's that is weird. Uh, now, I have a question, though, and maybe this is not, I, I might be too in the weeds here, but when I saw those videos, everyone posting, say, everyone, hey, everybody's dancing in the streets in Manhattan celebrating this Tucker Carlson thing. Everyone was wearing masks, which makes me believe. <laughs> that, well, I was going to say, yeah, that's actually not where I was going, though. I was going to say it actually makes me believe not, not, not someone took an old, an old video. Uh, Even they couldn't be still doing that, right? Not to that extent. Like, I can't imagine. I mean, I haven't been in New York in years and years and years, but I can't imagine it's that universal in 2023. Let me let me just uh, I'm, I got the official quote here. Uh, Carlson's criticism of Biden air personnel policies appealed to many of the rank and file of the of the military which is a large block of conservative members. But at the upper levels of the Defense Department, news of his firing from Fox News on Monday was met with delight and outright glee in some quarters. Here's a quote from an anonymous senior DOD official. We're, better, we're a better country without him bagging on our military every night in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, good riddance, said a second DOD official. Asked to respond to the news that D, that, that the Department of Defense is pleased by his departure from Fox, Carlson responded by text message saying ha i'm sure first off i mean this is a huge huge deal you know this this made me think of something like i don't know if you've been uh following any of the uh you the war in the ukraine um but uh one of the things people are talking about um i don't know if you've seen that there's been heavy losses of, of tanks on both sides and um, yeah uh there's like there's all this discussion that says like, well, I guess, uh, I guess tanks are not a useful part of war anymore. They're getting blown up by like, you know, uh, RPGs and stuff like that. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I went and looked up stuff on this and someone had made a good video about this. And uh, it's funny because, uh, first off, uh, this is like, people have been saying that since like tanks have been invented. 
Like as soon as like the first anti-tank rifle came out, they're like, well, no one's going to use a tank anymore because anti-tank weapons are out. But the guy had like a good summary of like, uh, of like the actual tank is that, uh, like why are so many tanks getting blown up in the Ukraine? He's like, do you know what war is? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, well, in war, uh, like basically every war since tanks have been invented, tanks uh, have a high uh, casualty rate. It's a dangerous place to be, but it's still uh, like they're not going to stop using tanks. They're super important. It's still a dangerous place to be. Just, but it's it's dangerous to be in a war. Uh, I've heard they've gone through a record number of artillery shells. Artillery must really suck for modern warfare because they're all getting destroyed. Yeah. And uh, what what I want to connect that to here is, I mean, I think people forget that this is a war. Like, uh, and this is a huge, huge scalp for the left. This is huge. Uh, so uh, a lot of people say, well, he can go do other things. Well, he, and well, he surely can't. There's nothing that's going to get him out there like being on primetime television. This was the only spot. This is a huge, huge scout. I'm not saying that uh, this is the end of the road or whatever, but this is a huge L for the right wing. I mean, yeah, but there's a thing. What you got to look at, like you're talking about this is war. Like the, the thing is, when your tanks are getting blown up in a war, that usually means that's because you're fighting, right? You're actually engaged in a war. What you had, let's say, 10 years ago was, you're just getting you're getting shot at by stuff, and you ain't and you're not doing anything back. You're you're not defending yourself at all. Like so, yeah, you, none of your stuff, you know, your tanks are getting blown up because you ain't even deploying them. You're not fighting back. That's like a good this point. is this this was inevitable. And there's no there's no nice way there's no way to frame this as like it's that's not terrible because like yeah, you took off the one like the only mainstream media personality or whatever that I would but, but, bother to listen real to. Real quick, did you see what, what uh, Glenn Greenwald said? Uh, he said a couple of things about him. He said that he was pretty much the only only person on television who was against the permanent war. Well, you notice he said, like, um, they have, like, zero, like, there would be zero amount of, like, vitriol or this kind of, like, um, uh, thing for someone like uh, Sean Hannity. Right. Who, on paper is, like, doing the same thing. But right. like, but like going to what you're saying, uh, this was the only guy actually with a rifle in his hand. Yeah, per, yeah, excellent, excellent, excellent point. Your question comes around to why did it happen? And like, there's, there's actually a, <laughs> there's a lot of potential reasons. Uh, I got the impression, and because we, we'd heard rumors about this before, that the executives wanted to get rid of him. And and part of it came out when, you know, that Dominion lost, well, I guess the Dominion lawsuit's the first place to start. They won a, what, $700 million settlement against Fox News because the pillow guy accused them of, of uh, electoral fraud and they lost in court. And uh, Tucker Carlson wasn't involved in that, but part of the discovery was text messages where he says that, like, yeah, this network is run by liberal idiots. Uh, I hate half the people who who like, who work the other personalities there. And he wasn't he wasn't nice about them. Uh, everything he said was true, absolutely true. But you could like you could say that there's motivation right there. A, here's a person who says things that makes the Pentagon angry, and B, you got him on paper saying that you're a moron. Uh, there was, um, 
and so there's a lot of spec. So there's a lot of different uh, rabbit trails of why this happened, and you'll like reality kind of happens. Um, uh, there's usually in in cases like this, uh, like I would not lean too much into whatever the straw broke the camel's back because right. there's the difference is like, well, why didn't we do anything different? Like, so one of the 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 first thing that we were told. Uh, which now we're getting something different. But first thing we were told, and she's sort of this woman, uh, there's a producer that sued the company. And uh, yeah, she, I believe her name was Grossberg. Yeah. Uh, and I was, uh, <laughs> I posted about that. I, I can't tell my mentions of all if the, the comments about Jews are either about my 4%. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh uh, what do you call it? Twenty three of me. It was point four percent, wasn't it? Yeah, point four percent. Yeah, uh, but okay. So this woman was trotted out, and um, she's sort of like walking around saying, "Like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah, I did it." Well, uh, I wouldn't put too much into that. But uh, one of the big discussions was like, why would why would someone hire someone like this at like, um, you know, at like uh, at the Eagle's Nest? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't answer that. So, like, here, here's what happened. So, like, obviously, Tucker Carlson is, like, this extremely base guy. And on this sh- and, like, I guarantee you, like, all his, um, uh, all, all, like, his writers and stuff, like, all his writers are going to be, like, just like us. They're going to be, like, shit hip, the shit posting. Um, they're going to know who, uh, like, Jared Taylor is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> they're they're gonna be they're gonna be hip to what's going on. They 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 watched their, they watch Sam Hyde and stuff like that. Every everybody else in the building is like uh, a like a media professional, and the the right wing cannot produce like um I like whatever the like if you at a TV station. First off, like you have to be like uh, like a professional. They don't just like try people out or like maybe you could work your way up the ladder and stuff. But like you need like real credentials to be involved in live TV at all. And uh, like there's no like at Liberty University or what's what's the uh, what's that one institute that's connected to all this interactive type stuff? Hillsdale. Yeah, Hillsdale don't have like a course where you learn to like twiddle the knobs for uh like the uh the production room on a for a TV station. You know what I'm saying? And so you have to just get these these like sort of uh these media professionals. And the thing is like why would some leftists get a job at Fox? Well, they all do because they need a job. And it's hard to get a job in this business and m- most of these people that work there are going to be Democrats because of the business they're in. I had people talking in my comments saying, well, I work there. Camera guys are Trump supporters of this or that. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, any of these people, it's going to be like, like be uh, a TV producer or something. They're going to be like a raging Democrat. And like this, this became a real problem here. I mean, like I I did a tweet that's going viral right now. Just, you know, think about the kind of person it's like, well, you know, I studied at, at UCLA for, for uh, mm. TV production. No, you're wrong. Go That's for not it. why. That's not why. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying that you're that you're wrong. That like all these people are raging Democrats. 
that's not why they got hired. They got hired because of the executives, people who who run Fox, are too. This is exactly the kind of people that the the people who own Fox want doing the job. Period. Okay, well, it's got to be a little bit more complicated. No, no, it doesn't. It's a conquest law. Just the the best way to explain the behavior of an or, of an institution is that it's controlled by a cabal of its enemies. Bam! There you go. Okay, well, we can go with that. Now, there's the other. Now we're getting the story that um, that Rupert Murdoch like got cucked at a dinner by by Tucker. T- Rupert Murdoch was out with his like seventeenth wife. He went to dinner with Tucker Carlson, his, like his, uh, his stud, you know, Rupert Murdoch's like a baseball team owner. And this is like his first baseman just hit 75 home runs. So this is like his, you know, uh, his stud and, uh, he goes to dinner with him and Rupert Murdoch's wife said, Tucker Carlson, you're the most important man in the world. And you know, the idea is that supposedly this is why Rupert, I don't really believe that this is why I think it really comes from the empire. The, the reason why he's off is because of, uh, like the, the, the Pentagon, the, the great Satan, the, the world empire. Put a pin in that last part. The other, op- the other option, we, uh, a, a candidate for the president of the United States, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, running for the democratic party says Fox fires Tucker Carlson five days after he crosses the red line by acknowledging that TV networks pushed a, Blank and blank, uh, V word from, from, from pharma advertisers, meaning Pfizer and Moderna. I don't know if we can even say these words without getting shit canned, which kind of, could kind of tells you, kind of answers this question by itself, whether or not this could have been a part of it. Uh, he was really pilled on the, the, uh, the V question, you know, the V medical treatment. He 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 went against it pretty much by himself in the mainstream news, right? Yeah, that so, I mean, that could be it. I mean, there, this, it could be all these things combined too. Another piece of the story is that like he's probably the only host on Fox that was willing to be even mildly critical of Donald Trump, right? And if that mm-hmm. like, I don't think this was the driver because Trump's so far ahead in the primary, but they very clearly want to make sure he easily wins the primary. So that's another. You know, this could be this could be a, a minor secondary motivation could have been election fortification. Yeah, and uh, by by the way, another thing that he's famous for having a lot of people talking about January sixth. Did a documentary about January sixth, talking about election fortification quite a bit. Now there are other the the thing that, that can't be only the, the only reason because there are people on the network who went harder against it uh, about, about election fortification in January six who who have not been fired. There were minor figures at Fox who who who, who, who were you know very pilled on that subject. Uh, if you guys don't have another one, I'm gonna go. I want to go with the one that this is. I think we won't say it's the only reason, but I'll say the inciting incident. This is from Tucker's comments on the weekend before he got the boot. I'm just saying this as an observer of what's going on. There is no way to assess, say, the transgenderist movement with that mindset. Policy papers don't account for it at all. If you have people who are saying, I have an idea, let's castrate the next generation. Let's sexually mutilate children. I'm sorry, that's not a political debate. What? There's nothing to do with politics. What's the outcome we're desiring here? An androgynous population? Is that really what we are? Are you arguing for that? 
I don't, I, I don't think anyone could like, defend that as a positive outcome. But the weight of the government and uh, you know, a lot of corporate interests are behind that. Well, what is that? Well, what's the point of child sacrifice? Well, there's no policy goal entwined with that. No, that's a theological phenomenon. And that's kind of the point I'm making. None of this makes sense in conventional political terms. When people or crowds of people, or the largest crowd of people at all, which is the federal government, the largest human organization in human history, decide that the goal is to destroy things, destruction for its own sake, hey, let's tear it down. What you're watching is not a political movement, it's evil. Now, this is a speech he gave for the Heritage Foundation, and I, well, I watched- I wish Heritage had an audio engineer on staff. Yeah, that was, yeah, it was pretty terrible. <laughs> they, they, they mostly got the producer that didn't go, didn't go to USC. Yeah. Well, but anyway, uh, I, watched, I watched the whole thing. What, what he does, especially in this one section, is he says that this is no longer a political debate between two groups of people who are arguing about like tax policy. It is a religious war between two two uh, two religions, one good and one evil. And he reinforces it several times. And it, and at the end, he tells me you should probably just start. You should probably pray about it. You need to 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 get right with God. Now, like, why would this be the inciting the inciting incident? Well, Vanity Fair magazine, uh, the greatest journalism publication in the world because they've mentioned our names <laughs> twice. They just brought, threw it out today. According to the source, their source at Fox News Corp, Chair Rupert Murdoch removed Carlson over remarks he made at the Heritage Foundation's gala on Friday night. Carlson laced his speech with religious overtones that even Murdoch found too extreme. I think that's funny that even Murdoch, yeah, no, noted religious zealot Rupert Murdoch. I'm going to get to that later. The, the Murdoch Foundation, the source who was briefed on Murdoch's decision-making, said Carlson told the Heritage audience that the national politics has become a Manichean battle between good and evil. Carlson said that people advocating for transsexual rights and the DEI programs want to destroy America and they could not be persuaded with facts. Quote, we should say that and stop engaging in these totally fraudulent debates. I've tried. That doesn't work, he said. The answer Carlson suggested was prayer. Quote, I have concluded it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future, and I hope you will. The, the source says that stuff freaks Rupert out. He didn't like all the spiritual talk. How does this relate to the story about uh, Rupert Murdoch being cucked? Well, his fiancée. Like a lot of the people that this it right give us shit. Yeah. Uh, his fiance that you had a dinner with, the one who said, she didn't say that Tucker Carlson was the greatest guy in the world. She said that he was a messenger from God because that lady was, I guess, extremely religious. And uh, Rupert Murdoch allegedly broke his, his uh, engagement off with her after that for both her uh, effusive praise of Tucker Carlson and being a religious nut. Let me, so, let me tell you something. Uh, Rupert Murdoch's 92. So um, he, he ought to look into religion. Yeah. Just yeah. Saying. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Rupert Murdoch was perhaps unnerved by Carlson's messianism because it echoed the end times worldview of Murdoch's ex fiance Ann Leslie Smith, the source said. 
Uh, so, yeah, uh, she, she, during dinner, Smith put out a Bible and started reading passages from the book of Exodus, the source said. Rupert just sat there and stared. So, yeah, uh, fortunately, Rupert Murdoch's an old man, and soon his, like, zombie the festering body will give up the ghost and he'll be consigned to oblivion where he belongs. But you need to understand this. These are the people who run Fox. They run everything. They absolutely despise your religion. If you, ha if you are religious, even in the sense of like a liberal Christian in the nineties, they despise you. They hate you. They recoil away from your, from your beliefs, like a vampire, being splashed with holy water or a cross. To Rupert Murdoch, this was too far. Tucker Carlson going on TV and saying, American politics is now a battle between good and evil. You know, they do that every fucking day on MS... They do that every day on MSNBC and CNN. That's, that's pretty much the, the only message the Democratic Party has put out since 2016. That you were in a, a religious struggle between good and evil. And, of course, they say the Republicans and conservatives and white people are evil, and Christians especially are evil. Someone on Fox News had the audacity to say that the, the founding religion in the United States, the religion that on paper most people, or I guess a plurality of people, believe in, you can't do this as this is absolutely off limits. And I, I, I totally believe that this could be the inciting incident. I have no trouble believing that. And, you know, th this idea that Rupert Murdoch is like some some paragon of conservative thought. No, he's a fucking senile pervert, and he always has been. He, If you're if you're old, as old as we are, you remember a time when Rupert Murdoch was rightly regarded as something basically one step up from a pornographer. Just a disgusting human being who peddled filth. And he got into the new he got into the news business and he entered a market that had pretty much nobody else in it. It's not like he he created Fox always, News as a social conservative. He cares always, about. It's always a good business decision, by the way. Yeah, he cared about he cared about his taxes, and he moved into a, a, a niche market. Well, not niche, a market that was just being underserved. And so it's not like he's uh, Tucker Carlson. He doesn't have any any strong like, per, like any strong convictions. He's a he's a he's a disgusting zombie. Biggest I, biggest uh, investor in Theranos, by the way. Yeah, it, it's insulting to be like this was too much even for him. No, I, I have no trouble believing that there are probably executives at CNN who are more socially conservative than Rupert Murdoch, and I have no trouble believing this is why they got rid of him. It doesn't have to be the only reason. I'm sure he was every day pressured by people in you know in the government and government adjacent, which is like you know. 40% of the workforce and economy at this point about having this guy on here who pissed everybody off. They don't care about Sean Hannity other than he, he can be a boogeyman to, to be laughed at. They weren't laughing at Tucker Carlson when he was on the air. They were crying and demanding that he be removed. So there you go. And, and, and you know, I'm so glad you, you made that little aside. Like this sounds like some of the people who we tangle with on Twitter, because yeah, that is what like th th there are two ways the con these are two ways the conservative movement can go, and one is that you can have you can have uh, these people like R Rupert Murdoch is basically the Coomer ar archetype of like the know, if you want to say right wing he's that guy the, the racist uh, liberal yeah yeah the, who's the who's the sports betting guy that, that everybody Dave something whatever Portnoy yeah. That guy, that guy's the same, the same kind of disgusting creature. You know what? You know what? Like the the right wing 
um, insult cuckold became so big in the last few years because it's, it's there's a, a huge element of truth in it. You have these people who are who are basically uh, cuck themselves at every opportunity. Like firing Tucker Carlson is 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 cuckoldry for the for for a right wing media mogul. Yeah, or the 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 barstool media empire. Remember they lost their shit about abortion uh, right. needing to stay legal. Yeah. Right. So you have you have the Coomers, uh, you have the uh, like uh, ancient statue PFP queens, and for obvious reasons they're not going to ever be on board with any kind of socially conservative project. And then you have the you have the people who like used to be heritage found that not heritage would say the Chamber of Commerce people who don't care what happens as long as they don't have to pay a, a, a penny higher taxes and, and whatever. And those like those three groups. Really, really, really don't want anybody who would, could possibly rock the boat and form some kind of functional opposition to the big blue gay empire. And they're just they're they're going to do their best to make sure that never happens. This is why you have all the memes about, about, about cuckoldry and all this stuff and controlled opposition because that's the way they behave. And you know now there's not going to be anybody on cable news that's worth watching. That's in itself is not a problem. You shouldn't watch that shit anyway. Like now, now you can you can safely. Before it was always like, yeah, I don't watch any of that crap. I guess Tucker's okay, but well, now I just don't watch that crap. I thought he made some interesting comments about that. I think he I think he mentioned that um reading um Mulbug. I heard this. I didn't get this from his lips, so that would be kind of it would be kind of crazy if he did mention Mulbug specifically. But he, he had Mulbug on his show. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. After he went on Good Old Boys. <laughs> um, uh, but, we paved uh, the way for that, yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I was thinking about I didn't want to do the list because I'd have it take me like an hour to go through all of our episodes and see all the people that went on our show then went on Tucker. But like, I, is it too much to say that it's double digits? Double digits what? People that went on Good Old Boys then went on Tucker. Yeah, like, it- I wouldn't even count like Angela because she went on Tucker before. Yeah, yes, and uh, Greenwald mentioned this, and a lot of people did. He was putting on a lot of people who were never going to be like Greenwald and Taibbi were able to go on the show after they got shit canned from CNN and MSNBC. He put on a lot of people that we knew. A lot of people that we knew ended up going on his show and talking to him, and, and that's that's over with. Now you're not going to get a platform on cable tv ever again yeah good you're not gonna get on um greg gutfield ain't gonna put you ain't gonna ain't gonna uh, put oren mcintyre on tv <laughs> no. he should but he's not gonna yeah uh matter of fact, i heard a rumor 10 of the guests the good old boys have gone on to be on tucker yeah it's uh it's a lot i think the last probably the last one was seneca scott yeah um but yeah uh, yeah, people said he did not credit Moldbug, but he said Moldbuggy things. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know. We'll, I just hope people realize, like, the, remember this, like, um, so it's kind of like the wire tanks getting blown up. Well, because they're in war. Well, so I hope, he, so this is bad, but it's also like, like you said, it's a good example that like, hey, at least now, now bullets are flying, which is good. And I hope people realize that, you know, I made a tweet where I said, you know, I hope like, you know, a week ago, people were saying that Tucker's controlled opposition because he's, um, uh, there's a <laughs> quote of him saying he was not a white nationalist. 
you know, I'm sh- the thing is like I don't know. I hope like, these people like do you want like do you want to be involved in politics at all? Like you you do have to understand like uh, where things are at, and if you expect someone like that that was gonna say that, I mean like if you ask someone like that what white nationalism would even mean to them, like they would think of like uh the gangs of like the eighties and the nineties. I don't know if uh if you, maybe if you're if you're like twenty, white nationalism means like you're basically like uh, a Republican. It's like, you know what I'm saying? I intentionally don't like to talk about that subject on here, but it came up organically here, and this is the best time to do it. You can just be an American nationalist. You By, by the way, if you say you're a nationalist, you're basically already declaring yourself like dangerously right-wing today. Like they, they Nationalist is a synonym for bad person. To all the people that you hate, you don't have to. You don't have to add a prefix to it. You can just say, "I'm an American nationalist." Like, what would who would who would that put you in a boat with that you don't want to be in? Like, Mark Miley's not going to call himself a nationalist, is he? He no. works. He's like one of the highest positions in the DoD and the military, but he ain't going to say that. But you know, I, I, but that's the thing where like I don't feel some inherent connection to uh, like Portuguese people. Because because we're all, we're we're all R one B or whatever. I don't I don't care about the Portuguese. I don't care about Europeans. Like I don't give I don't give a damn about them. Like I care about I can't not only say I just care about America. Like our, our joke that we're Dixie nationalists. Not really a joke. I probably don't care about most of America, like west of the Mississippi or north of the Potomac. Right. That's a, that's pretty dialed in already. I don't think we need to narrow it down anymore. I, I saw one interesting comment today about this, and it was one of the guys that was like online right wing hardcore, and he said something like, "Tucker was close to having the first program where you would have like legitimate criticism of the Civil Rights Act uh, that didn't also uh, deny the Holocaust." <laughs> I said, "Think really? Yeah, that would be interesting, wouldn't it?" I guess, you know, I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's where it was going the show. Yeah. Yeah. Which by the way, I mean like, uh, that's kind of what we do. And I don't think it's all that controversial. I, I in fact had a cordial debate with like a very left wing with like, I wouldn't say he was like a, just the guy who wrote the book about a billion Americans, whatever. Matt Iglesias. Yeah. I debated like that, that sort of Yimby ish guy. And I laid out all my cards about the Civil Rights Act. He wasn't shocked or stunned. It, would, it, it didn't sound like, uh, you know, I was in like a, a prison gang or something. What did he, what did, when you said that about the Civil Rights Act, what did he say? Uh, he would just make specific defenses of like whatever I would bring up. Right. Like so, the, I, so he didn't like shit himself and say like, you can't say that about, about civil rights, you know? Like, yeah, I, I, this has come up before talking to people who are like also right wing about the CR, the, the Civil Rights Act. And, you know, we <laughs> we came to this conclusion a good while back and we said you have to repeal the Civil Rights Act. And that does sound crazy to normies, but it, it that doesn't matter. Like this, I don't we, think you have to repeal it. So- right. You, you, yeah, you can have you can you can just have the, the Supreme Court just say we're going back to the old way we we. You know, we understood this, but right. So you, yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to physically get the votes. But the point is, you have to change the Civil Rights Act again. 
you have to repeal the version of the Civil Rights Act that we have. And the, a lot of times the answer will be, well, that's never going to happen, so we need another solution. And my response to that is, okay, then, or they'll say, like, you know, that's not going to happen, so now what? And I'm like, well, then we will simply perish, right? Like, then, that, then that's it. Sometimes there's like there's one answer, and you have to do something about the Civil Rights Act, or none of these problems are going to be fixed. Like all this stuff flows from from that one specific source of power that they have. If you can't somehow neuter it, then you're just you're on the you're on the outside looking in forever. Yeah, and so I mean it's pretty simple. So uh, the story like that of like, do you have to repeal it? So. Uh, you're, not, you're not messing up, Mike. I just disagree with what you said about control opposition. I don't think that you have the same opinion about control opposition as what most people would say. Well, there's a, controlled opposition is a loaded term because like, controlled opposition is supposed to mean people who are they're fake. They're, they're actually literally working for the enemy and they're like Big, like big Brother in 1984. Like, they don't really exist. It's a honeypot. But, but, I'm sure there's... Oh, sorry, good. But you can also people also say that control opposition when they mean somebody who's like you know a, a moderate lame version of opposition, like like for example everybody on Fox News and like you could say that Tucker was that if your views are, if you had really extreme views and you thought that he didn't go nearly far enough you could say like well, yeah he's just he's fake. Yeah. By the way, the civil rights act thing real quick is um, uh, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to say like the 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 original civil rights act which is like. You can't be fired frivolously for a job just because you're X or Y race. Maybe uh, I don't think that would make me control opposition. Say, yeah, that's fine, whatever. Uh, maybe there's people that feel like that. But I don't. We will be living in a paradise if you're super right wing. We'll be living in a paradise if that's what we were living in. However, you have that. Then you have cases like Griggs versus Duke Power, which take the oh well, we made this cutout that sort of beats everything in, in the Constitution. Um, but it's no big deal. It's just you can't get fired frivolously. Now we add on Greg's versus power, which turns it into uh, this is where you get disparate impact and stuff like that. Isn't doesn't every though like uh, <clears throat> I mean every society eventually has that happen, right? Isn't there a the I'm I'm messing this up, but isn't there a theory where like you create a bunch of like rules of the road or rules of engagement, laws, legal system? And then that lasts for a while until someone figures out a way to exploit it, and then everything goes to crap, and then you need to make mm -hmm. a bunch of new rules. Yes. <laughs> there's, a, there's a name for that theory, though. Isn't there like, a, like an established existing name for that? Maybe. That Scottish economist, he brings this up. He says, like, if you, if you make any sort of standards or whatever, there'll be, there'll be, uh, there'll be uh, people will game them. Like this, um, but yeah, well, I would that's just say entropy. That's just entropy. Yeah. So that's yeah. That is inherent. The European version of this, and so like the 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 version of this without like any like bullshit or like court cases and stuff is the state of emergency, right? So uh, any and this is all like basically like um, well, we uh, talking about things that sort of subvert all like normal law, and so uh, normally people are used to. Uh, governments can just say, well, you know what? Fuck it. We don't have, we don't have like an answer or anything, but we're under a state of emergency because whatever we're under attack or something like that. So all laws don't make any sense. Uh, we're not like laws don't matter. We may just jail you for being on the street or whatever, but it's because we under attack. Uh, some countries uh, answer to this is like, I think France and Italy have been under a state of emergency, like uh, constitutionally, like the past like three decades. Well, I, the, well, 
and what happens is like th those temporary measures always eventually like go to something else, right? Like the, the, the Roman answer to this was like the, the dictator, right? And mm -hmm. then that eventually became like the dictator perpetuo, you know? Yeah. Well, this I is great. Rome's a great, like the great example because you know, Rome, they had, they literally had their the constitution, right? But it wasn't a thing that was written down, really. It was a live. It was this is kind of sometimes people criticize our constitution because it's a it's just a bunch of words and the you know the living constitutions of it's fake. Like that's that's what every human civilization and society is like. You have these rules, and you don't even, you don't have to write them down because. They are, you know, in the words of, of, of our original leaders, like they're self-evident. You just, because of like the way human beings interact with each other, people who are from similar backgrounds, you just, you just know your, your upbringing tells you, you don't do this, you don't do that. And eventually it's gamed A, a by people who are seeking power and B, because if you, once you're successful enough, you, you bring in a bunch of people who are not privy to all the things that you take for granted because they weren't given that they don't have the same upbringing and cultural background as you do. So suddenly now you have to define these, you have to redefine these things to help these people acclimate themselves to live in your, to live in your home. And that gives more power to people who are, who are, who are, you know, are bureaucrats. And you, that leaves you down the long, slow spiral down the drain. There is a benefit, though, by the way, to the written version of having a constitution, right? Because it does. Absolutely. I, I mean, maybe you could say it just slows things down, or but it provides some level of protection. And the, I mean, the classic example is look at the un classic country in the world right now with a written constitution, the United States. Classic country in the world with an unwritten constitution is Britain, right? Like <laughs> Britain does have a constitution. It's not written. So, you know, in Britain, you go to jail for saying mean stuff on the Internet and you're not allowed to own a gun. Yeah, I mean, look, without the First and Second Amendment, and I'm not saying that these things can protect you because no piece of paper can protect you ultimately. It's only what people are willing to defend themselves. But these these rules being written down, you know, engraved in stone tablets, you know, certain rules, having them, having them like this mean, gives them a lot less wiggle room. It's taken them... Well, for one thing, if we're going to the Second Amendment, they probably reached the height of their power skirting around those rules like in the 80s and 90s. They're actually on the, they're lo they're losing that battle at this point. We're 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 winning. Look how long it's taken to, to get around to beating the First Amendment. You know, to to making hate speech illegal. They're going to do it eventually. And all all they really need is is the right Supreme Court to do that. But it's taken them a really long time. Meanwhile, Canada and the UK, uh, it's you. You can be charged with a crime or civilly liable for saying things that, you know, that we can't always say on here because you know the the, the corporation Patreon.com does not have to abide by these rules. They can punish us at will if we say something they don't like. Yeah, I would say like mm, uh, what has to be said for like. Um, sort of political theory is like it helps, but it's like ten percent. I mean, uh, I think it's easier to own it. Like you know, you can buy a gun in the United Kingdom. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty like there. Are, there's 
there's it's in some ways easier to own a gun in places like the United Kingdom or Italy and stuff like that than it is to own a gun and say uh in America, maybe California, but more more so like uh definitely like New York City or something. Is that true? I don't think you can carry a gun. Can't, well, okay, maybe own, but can you carry a gun in the UK? I don't think you can do that at all. Probably it's probably not without like some kind of uh private security Thing, no, which, you, which you, case, like, you absolutely can't. There's no place in the, well, I won't, I won't say that because I don't know, but I'm pretty sure there's no place in the UK where you can carry weapons. Yeah, you can own like a shotgun if you live on a farm or whatever, but that's it. You I, can, was thinking, uh, I was just thinking the other day, do you remember, by the way, there was like, I don't know, like two years ago, some, the, the British police posted like some big weapon seizure and there was like a turkey <laughs> baser and a fork and crap like that in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do that every time. Yeah. Like, hey, we can find, uh, oh, hey, we find a letter open to governor and another criminal off the streets. Well, I mean, so famously, like, um, so they have like a no, like you can't like uh, on paper, you cannot own a pistol. So like one of their workarounds for that is that um like if you buy you can buy a pistol but it, it'll have like a, a wire like a chicken wire stock on it so you'll go buy like a regular ass Glock it'll have this wire coming out the back like a stock that's like you know ten like ten fifteen inches and then it'll have like a you know a twenty inch barrel but that's like your that's like your your handgun or whatever it's something like that uh but people definitely own guns there um which is like. Uh, I, I think that would beat live something like Manhattan or whatever. Yes, but uh, well, no, who I cares? Mean, you, you can own a gun in Manhattan. Yeah, you can't, you'll never be able to carry it. Like that's, oh, okay. where, that's where they go bonkers. Manhattan's you, better than London, and the the any other place in America is leagues better than any place in in, in Britain. Yeah, I mean you can. It's uh, it's ten round limit, I believe, in all of New York for your magazine, but you can otherwise. Uh, you can own any Manhattan, uh, Manhattan doesn't even have a roster like California does, or I think their California roster is going to get stricken. Uh, but it, or in Massachusetts also has a roster. It's just less crazy than California's. I think in, I mean, if a listener's in New York and wants to correct me, but I think you can own pretty much anything you want as long as you're under the 10 round, uh, magazine stuff. Gotcha. Well, speaking of, uh, losing our rights, well, um, we got, We've got until next month to uh, you can get a free register of your pistol brace uh, guns. I'm gonna do one. What, what, so when you register it, what? Well, what happens when you register it? Okay, so so first off, like if you go on like any like the super right wing channels or whatever, you, they're gonna give you this. They're gonna say uh, that this is gonna be like a turned over in courts. Well, like. First off, like maybe, but like, uh, there's no, there's no like injunctions that are like on the way. And this goes into effect in a month. Yeah. Yeah. No, you finished bug. Sorry. No. And, uh, and so what, if you, and if you in the next month, uh, submit your stuff, you will get a, they, the government will, they will basically, uh, give you an SBR. Uh, normally that costs 200 bucks. So basically, oh. if people don't know, uh, and I guess there's not much point in explaining this, but, uh, you're not, if you want to own a rifle with a barrel that's less than 20 inches, less than 16 inches long 
or a shotgun with less than 18 inches, you have to pay a $200 uh, tax. It's a tax stamp. Yeah. And if you're going to do it, uh, I mean, it's weird for me to be telling you that this on the air because we haven't discussed it, but you should really, there's places that'll give you the form real cheap. Some of the places will even do it for free, but you should really register your stamp to a trust instead of yourself individually. Uh, like it makes future transfers easier. It allows you to add extra people that can shoot it uh, as co-trustees. So that's generally the the preferred way to do it. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, does it, does this make you subject to like the, if you have, I know if you have certain, uh, you have certain licenses that they can just come and inspect your, your, your guns at any time. This is, yeah, you'll be an NFA guy, which I am already. Right. But if you, if you're not, that's bad times, right? You don't necessarily want to be on that list. If you don't have to be, you don't want to be committing a felony either though. Yeah. So, but anyways, um, but if you want to do that and you want to get help from like people like Silencer Citro and stuff, you got like five days, like you got till the end of the month. Um, so yeah, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know. So, so someone asked Fredo, uh, you think that the CA roster is going to be stricken? Yeah, I've been reading some of the, I mean, the pleadings. I might be like uh, maybe a week or two behind, just or I should say transcripts. And it seems like the the judge is pretty skeptical. Uh, the state it seems to even realize that at least some aspects of the roster are going to get stricken down. Because last I heard, I don't know if they were approving them, but they they were accepting applications for the roster for guns that did not have certain features uh, that normally you would be able to you wouldn't be able to apply for the roster without. So it seems like that is going to get the the roster not the the concept of the roster in general may not be struck down although i actually think there's a good chance that will happen too but at a minimum they're not right now for those that aren't aware to get on the roster you basically have to be grandfathered as a new as a new gun that was made after 2007 it's effectively or a design that came out after 2007, it's effectively impossible to get on the roster because for a variety of reasons, one of which is it requires micro-stamping technology that doesn't exist. What really is doing in the state with the roster, because I've seen it come up multiple times uh, in the court documents, is <laughs> the police are exempt from the roster. So the argument that these organizations have made are like, well, if guns are so freaking dangerous, if they don't, if they're not able to qualify for the roster, then why are police allowed to carry them? Uh, and that that has certainly seemed to carry a lot of weight, along with the fact that you know uh, the micro stamping just you're mandating something that doesn't even exist. There's a funny nuance to this. Uh, now I don't have this exactly right, but basically, um, so like you said, cops don't have to obey this, uh, but gun stores do. And by the way, uh, it's legal for a cop to sell one of their guns that's off the roster. So uh, there's a lot of cops who do a lot of uh, arms list dealing in, in, uh, in California because of this. Yeah, that's a known thing. You can get something off the roster as a pro that's not on the roster as a private citizen. The issue is you're just going to pay a massive premium for it because you're going to be buying it from a police officer. <laughs> uh, or... I think a police officer, and I, I, this part I might have wrong, but I think there's something where if you own the gun before you were a resident of California and you moved to California, I don't like. I don't think you have to get rid of it. I think you can keep it and then you can sell it. Uh, you know, again, private sale. So that's. 
I mean, you can make like, I, I think there's like cops in California making side incomes, just selling, you know, staccatos and all this other cool stuff that's not on the roster. Well, um, you know, maybe we should cover it, but, uh, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's hit this story. April 25th, uh, 2023, Washington governor signs three gun control bills to law. Yeah, I was going to ask about this. Uh, maybe Fredo knows some of the specifics. Washington just banned, they, they, <laughs> they passed a bill that will ban semi-automatic rifles, which is basically, you know, all modern rifles. It's, it's not a bolt action or a lever or a lever action, which is almost every weapon. Like, you know, many 14s will, will be banned. And the reasoning behind this was, well, this was the weapon of choice for young men to commit mass shootings, which is hilarious because, like, you know, the the huge, huge, huge majority of deaths are going to be from from pistols. From somebody shooting you to death with a Glock or or a high point, <laughs> but anyway, uh, my my which, question. By the way, which is the most, there's a good forgotten weapons video about this. Where he talks about why the short barrel rifle thing is stupid, but like, there's like a fundamentally the the whole thing is like if you want to conceal a gun, you can just buy a pistol. Yeah, ex- ex- exactly. Well, yeah. Uh, and it doesn't ban the ownership of these weapons, but it bans the sale and transfer of them, which is fun. It's like everybody's gun in Washington State will be grandfathered in, but no new. That's no the new state. Sp- that's the state in Canada too, by the way. Like you can but own an automatic if you were. There's there's a reason for that too. They're not just trying to like cut people a break. It's that what they're the the argument that they're going to make in court when this goes they're going to lose this but the argument they're going to make is that there's no second amendment protection at all with respect to sales of arms that it only protects your right to bear arms not to purchase arms which is <laughs> i know it's insane and it's nonsense and it's not going to work but that's the that's the angle they're going with they've been signaling this for a while uh, you can even tell this argument uh, comes up on Twitter a lot. It's a big Keith Olbermann thing on Twitter right now. It's like, oh, no, you have the right to bear arms. You don't have the right to buy them. So what's funny about that argument, by the way, is it completely moots 100% in all respects their arguments against ghost guns, right? Because they're basically arguing that the Second Amendment, what it protects is effectively only hun- home gunsmithing which is what we've been told all along is like the most dangerous type of firearm. The one that you build in your house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, uh, so ever since, ever since the, <laughs> the Supreme court kind of hamstrung their attempts at gun control, a lot of States have been coming out with these laws that it's pretty obvious. They're not going to, they're going to be struck down, but they, they keep doing it anyway. And I, they're not wrong to do that, by the way. If 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 uh, if roles are reversed, I don't want the Republican legislatures to be, you know, passing laws that they know will be struck down anyway. You should just you should just do this. It's a good political strategy. Well, and it's for them. It's fundraising. You got to remember they 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 just have so much money, and like this this increases the piece of the pie you can get from like these NGOs, and you hire yeah, every town. Yeah, exactly. Like this, this is, there's a lot of money in this for them to just like pass this stupid crap anyway. The amusing part is like, I don't know uh, if you've looked at some of these. Washington's is 
I don't think is by actually names the specific guns. I think it's more of the type that it it talks about features and stuff. Mm-hmm. But there are uh, well, I guess they all do that. But sometimes I should say when these bills pass, like Illinois, a lot of times the bills have provisions that say, okay, like well, the state police have to uh, you know prepare like uh, a roster of banned. Uh, guns more or less based on the the information in the bill so like in illinois i believe the bill had certain stuff with respect to features and then all certain guns were also banned by name and what was funny about that is like the state police like in their report that they put out just having to like sheepishly admit like well this combination of features doesn't exist this feature that's in the bill we actually don't know what that is uh, there were models of guns that were banned that were never actually made <laughs> like it. Like, I, I, I guess they were just like prototypes or like, uh, you know, something was in a magazine as like something that, a a manufacturer was going to release, but they never got around to putting out the Star like, Trek phaser is now banned from the state of Illinois. <laughs> Yeah, there was like a lot of stuff like that. You'd be surprised where they just had to be like this. This, to the best of our knowledge, was never actually made. <laughs> well, you know, and, and if you go, if you turn the clock back five years, well, I guess four, four or five years, it, one of the like a law that was proposed before the before the Supreme Court ruling that kind of changed the game for us in, in the, the last short while. They were just talking like, – when we had – the Democrats had control of the House of Delegates and, and the state Senate and the governorship here in Virginia. They just talked about banning semi-automatic weapons of, of every kind, including including handguns. And they were just – they were talking about doing that, and it set off this huge – like, well, no, no nice way to put it. We all just chimped out, and you had – and that was when the 2A movement in Virginia exploded, and there was a lot of political mobilization I don't is is like that's probably not going to happen in Washington A because everybody pretty much knows it's going to be struck down and B it's Washington state there's probably not I guess in the eastern part of the state there are, there are still some gun owners but they're probably massively outnumbered by the people in C- like in Seattle or if you're in Oregon in the Portland area right uh, I believe it in so in Oregon the vote was much closer because uh, theirs was a ballot initiative that passed recently. It was a pretty close vote because the people out Portland is not so huge that it yeah. dominates the entire rest of the state. It, or well, I mean it's big enough that it I guess dominates it, but not to the extent that you probably see in Washington. You know what I mean? Seattle's just a bigger city. Uh, but, and then Seattle also has Tacoma and Bellevue and like these other cities in that area, which are also pretty decently sized population wise that, that sort of outnumber it. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. Uh, scary story. I, one of the reasons like this has so been, um, publicized so well, I think is, um, I don't know if you've noticed, but, uh, gun influencers are a big thing and, um, most the most popular gun influencers uh they usually on the west coast and often they're in washington oregon like what was who's the paul the microsoft guy paul Paul allen no the gun guy the paul paul um, harrell paul harrell he's in one of those places now one of the reasons why these people are so uh are more popular than east coast people is because they have access to this blm land 
So they get to do the they get to the Bureau run of Land Management. He means. <laughs> Yeah, so basically, if you live in eastern Washington, eastern Oregon or whatever, you have access to, like, all this this open land with, like, rolling hills and mountains and stuff, and they get to, like, they get to do stuff. They get to run around and play with night vision and mm-hmm. just do stuff that's not nearly as, like, uh, here's what... Uh, so people say Grantham and Hop are out there. Yeah, because they get to do stuff that, like, you here's an example like uh like long distance shooting east of the mississippi it's there's not it's not easy to find somewhere where you can like shoot uh like a mile long you know what i mean yeah it's a good point but they all have this uh and so i don't know it's it's one of the the big things out there it's uh and mm, i'm not gonna say it's inherent the you know eastern like um eastern oregon eastern washington like these are both liberal states but the people who live in those parts of it are not and i was like, kind of it's just being out in the wilderness just in, will inherently make you i don't say based but like you're you're going to you're going to become a certain way like you know when you talk about east of the mississippi the only like the only catch here is if you live near let's say Nash, like a wildlife preserve, national forest, national park. Like you'll still have these tracks of of like virgin land. Like I live right beside the like Shenandoah National Park, right beside it. If not for that park, and it's the only nice thing I'll say about Mr. Roosevelt. If not for that park, you know that shit would have all been developed. It'd been logged and developed a long time ago. And yeah. this, and it, you know, so I I I, I get it, and and. I don't know when, when I when we we always say we're going to talk to the uh, Greater Oregon Greater Oregon guys and hopefully we do some at some point. But if you feel like something's got to give there, eventually either the people are going to have to migrate out of Oregon and into Idaho, or they're going to have to do this because over time it's just going to become a, it's going to, they're going to pass weirder and weirder laws and it's going to become more intolerable to live there. You know? Yeah. You just can't keep going on like this forever. I saw someone said, just a friend said, be ungovernable. I I know what you're saying. So there's a lot of people that are just going to ignore this pistol brace law. Yeah. And now, first off, like, uh, so I often go shoot at, like, uh, actual ranges and stuff. So uh, I wouldn't want to do that with, like, an illegal gun. Right. But uh, a lot of, you know, the assumption here is, like, you know, generally... Let's say you had a short barrel rifle. And by the way, I've done this before on accident. Like, um, I had a couple guns at a range before, and I didn't even notice, like, at home, a course device or anything, because they just, they normally wouldn't. Um, you know, I had one that was a short barrel with a, with a pistol brace on it, and I was like, yeah, let me swap the uppers. And I got home, I was like, whoa, I had a short barrel rifle at the range, or whatever. And, but, uh, so the thing is, so you're thinking, like, well, who's going to do, who's going to use this law? So who's going to do this? Well, let me tell you, the, Democrat Department of Justices are building up these laws and they're going to use them to throw Republicans in jail. Just normal taxpayers, people that pay a shitload of taxes that they love that tax money, people that pay a shitload of taxes, they're going to find any kind of way that you have uh, disrupted gun laws. By the way, I mean, I don't know if you hear about this, this boy, this YouTuber is going to jail 
for this uh this lightning link card or whatever did you hear about this fredo yeah i did hear about this and uh that was only like basically they didn't even catch him with it just photographs of it correct right right and um it, it was just it's just a card with a picture on it with with, with lines drawn it wasn't even like like uh like cut out or whatever crs firearms whatever he's facing 100 years in jail now what uh, can you explain to me what what that means? What 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 card are you talking about? Because I've heard this come up before. And I, I I genuinely have no idea. So this, I don't know exactly how he was involved. I don't think he was making the cards. He was, he was promoted on his channel or whatever. But so the card had like a like a cutout picture of. If you cut out this picture, you get uh, a little chunk. You get this little piece of metal. Now, I after this, you should go on Forgotten Weapons and look up Lightning Link. So used to you could buy this thing in the mail before 1986 called a lightning link, which is just this a, a flat piece of metal that's the right shape. If you put it in AR-15, it will turn into an uh, an automatic. Okay. And uh, you know, there, there's uh, I don't want to litigate that, but there's a thousand reasons why printing the shape of something is shouldn't be legal in America. Uh, it's the First Amendment and all this kind of stuff. But uh, anyways, uh, if you go watch any video ever of gangbangers in chicago they all have glock switches they all have glock switches you guys hit the glock switches yeah 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 so like every rap video every just just every gangbanger and and i read stuff about this and the department of justice has said they and, and the atf has said they don't care about that they don't care they're not going to do anything are to you like, kidding me yeah they don't care about the glock switch they don't care about turning <laughs> right because well, it's friend enemy. They they care about the Glock switch. If you were advertising yes. one on your YouTube channel, trust me, they would be very very interested in that. What they're not interested in is going after urban criminals for using Glock switches. Yeah, yeah. So like, remember, like, if AT, if like, like, remember, theoretically, like, if the ATF was like uh, worked like it functioned, they would be basically like investigating like uh, people that were like. Um, dishing guns to to uh, big gangs in Mexico and stuff like that. They don't give a shit about that. They do that. <laughs> we do yeah. Fast and Furious. They do that themselves. Yeah. It's funny that the only the only people that have ever gotten in trouble for that, like from the ATF, was Narinko, and I think that was just some like anti-China like thing. Like I don't. I think the the arming gangs was just like a, a cover story for that. Are you guys familiar with that story? No, no. Uh, I know it'd be nice to be able to get Norinco guns in America. Yeah, it was like uh, they used to for they used to sell Norinco guns in America until not that long ago. You can still buy them on like Gunbroker ones that are pre ban. Mm -hmm. uh, but so Norinco actually made uh, some pretty good 1911s uh, that were cheap, uh, like for good for their price anyway. Um, but that that's not what got them in trouble. They were basically selling. I mean, the accusation. Is they were they would they would import like illegal firearms into the United States, and if they got caught, they would just be like, "Whoops, sorry, like we didn't realize what we were doing, dumb Chinese guys, we didn't know any better." They the funny part about it though is like one of the things they got caught doing was they uh, they they sent full autos to Canada of all places, uh, like which is which is pretty amazing in and of itself. But yeah, the. That was at least the cover story as to why they were banned. I mean, it's a Chinese state-owned weapons manufacturer, so I don't, you know, they didn't really need much of a reason.
Yeah, just a friend. Yeah, well, I mean, the problem with that is so I'm already NFA guy. I've, I'm I'm two stamps deep as it is. Right, right. Uh, so for you, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, if you if you're not an NFA guy, maybe it's a thing. But um, yeah, and of course, of course, Jacks isn't weird that mass shooters never have lightning lights. Yes, all this kind of stuff just is just stuff that like honest taxpayers, which we should have the right to have automatic weapons to begin with. The only the only these things that would actually like uh aid criminals and killing people which like theoretically i mean like it's funny like you would never think that but like remember like the atf on like you know put the police cops law enforcement like theoretically this is the like uh you know it would like to help the general american like because uh, to stop like violent acts happening and stuff like that so you like on paper like the the what they would go care the most is oh Let's go. Let's go uh, round up these gangbangers in in Chicago that got the Glock switch. Uh, but they have no interest in doing it. That they have zero interest in doing it. They just want to find uh, basically Republicans who gun enthusiasts. They'll find you on anything, and they will give you a felony. They will give you a felony. And then furthermore, like if you're think like uh, if you're thinking like, well, this is a frivolous. Like, of course, this is a frivolous. There's no jury of my peers that would ever convict me. Go go, go look around. If you are indicted for anything any sort of federal crime you're done these days you're done yeah you're you ain't going to go to a jury of your peers well, if, if you're going to send you that that crs case or whatever the the lightning link case that went to a jury of his peers which by the way was 100 female they convicted his ass he's facing a hundred years in jail it's interesting too like they've got they have to get more and more ridiculous right now because of cnc machining so, like, for instance, the that auto key card we're talking about is sold as a bottle opener. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, it does work as a bottle opener. You know what I mean? Uh, you can also do it, uh, you know, to make your AR-15 full automatic. So it's the, the interesting question that uh, that raises is it, it gets into like an intent thing. So what we're starting to see now, you know, in a, in a similar area is like, was this market? Well, with the auto key card, like a lot of what they're leaning on is, oh, well, it was marketed for XYZ to turn it full auto. We're seeing this with Ghost Gunner too, right? Which is the CNC machine uh, that's illegal in certain jurisdictions. Uh, California tried to pass a law saying 3D printers and CNC machines that have as their primary purpose firearms manufacturing are illegal. Well, what the hell does that mean? Like, how do you know? I mean, a CNC machine is a CNC machine. A 3D printer is a 3D printer. It's impossible to say. So the statute, I think this part of the statute was ultimately abandoned, uh, but it started to get into like these real weird roundabout uh, things like, well, if it basically got into like, if the marketing talks about how you can make a gun out of it, that's what makes it illegal, right? So it, stuff's getting very weirder and weirder and more and more arbitrary and as we go down that weirder and weirder and more and more arbitrary path the interesting thing is for the first time now in a long time it's not they're not winning when they do this they're getting struck down at the court level you know which i mean it didn't help this kid with the auto key card right but there are instances now where a lot of this stuff is getting rolled back i'm still hopeful that the entire automatic uh uh, weapon ban from 1986 will get rolled back. Like, I think there's probably constitutional grounds 
to have automatic weapons as an NFA item, uh, but I doubt there is to ban them all together. I mean, here's hoping. And you know, Lord before, will. Yeah, if, <laughs> if the good Lord's willing, and yeah, and the, the river don't rise, right? Uh, the creeks don't rise, sorry. Mm-hmm. By the way, you've been mogging me for like three weeks now. So over and over, and I've asked you to stop, but you refuse to do it. So you know what? Can't beat them, join them. <laughs> yeah, I'll. Uh, now I got one that can do this. That's not very loud, but uh, I feel so good. I understand Fredo's uh, hatred of the nylon striker gun now. After now that I have a, a nice, a nice hammer gun, feels good. Yeah, and you got one too. That's the 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 um. The, the rag on them that people don't understand is like, people say, oh, it's too hard to carry. No, in a lot of ways, they're easier to carry because they're so flat. I mean, I mean, if you have a so double thin. Flat, yeah, like they're amazingly flat. That's why I shoot those guns part of the reason so much better. They just sit, I, you can make fun of me, whatever. I'm a small hands guy. So my 1911s. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm t- or 1911s, stars, anything of that. Even a, a Beretta 1951 is the same. It's a single stack steel. Uh, single action pistol. They're all, they all share in common. They're extremely, extremely flat. Uh, and if you're a small hand guy like me, that means you can just get a much, much better grip on it, and you can shoot a lot more accurately. Well, in, that's in addition to concealing easier. By the way, on an, like an inside the waistband holster, you just got to get a good holster for the weight. Yeah. Well, this next generation of concealed carry guns, that's what they're all maximizing for is being under under an inch wide. Um. Yeah. Uh. I don't know. I. I. I still. I still love Glocks. You. You have. But the thing about you loving Glocks is you have to learn it to love it. Like it's a tool. It's like a. Um. Just imagine, like instead of you know, imagine Makita made it. You know. Bog beef. <laughs> Bog beef. Do you know about Alpha Foxtrot? No. So they do some cool stuff. So what they were known for up until recently was they make aluminum frame Glocks. They're Gen 3 because of the patent issues. So you can, and you can buy just the frame if you've already got a slide. So if you have a Glock 17, you uh, you can order from, you know, or 19 or whatever from Alpha Foxtrot, just a frame. Uh, and then you've got like a Glock without the nylon. So that's kind of interesting in and of itself. And then what they put out, that's been like selling like for a tiny manufacturer from what I understand selling like gangbusters. Cause I see them everywhere is the alpha Foxtrot 1911 S15. So what that is, is that is an officer size 1911 that, uh, holds 15 rounds. And the way they did it is instead of taking a 1911 magazine, are you familiar with the shield arms S15 magazine? It's actually a Glock thing. I've got six of them. Okay, so that's what it is. It's a for the listeners who aren't aware, that is Shield Arms is a company that figured out uh, how to make a magazine that is in a single stack footprint. It's really meant for the Glock 43 X, I think. Uh, yeah, but is a double stack. So even though it fits in a single stack footprint, so it has a grip with this uh, 1911 S15. That is basically, I have not held one yet. I have not seen one in person, but from what I understand is as flat as a, you know, standard 1911, but it holds 15 rounds, uh, because it takes shield arms, S 15 magazines 
and it's a three and a half inch barrel, which would make it an officer size 1911. How how the hell do they get that many bullets in a magazine that size? Because it's- Glock mags have from the factory are the, like the walls of it are this like giant thick plastic. So all you do is you make a Glock mag out of metal and you have a huge amount of space in there. Yeah, that, and then they they have a patent on the way they stagger it. So it's not a double stack in the most traditional sense. Like they don't line up as like, I guess, parallel as a stack real double a stack does. Yeah, it's like a stack and a half. So that's how they get 15 rounds in something that, that narrow. Yeah, well, there's 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 like a little arms race right now going on for because okay, so 1911s were our grandpa's semi-auto, but of course semi-autos weren't that popular. But they that was the our grandpa's. So that's what they they carried in into WW two and WW one, by the way. Uh, but and Korea, um, yeah, and Vietnam, and, right? Yeah, well, they they kept using them like well past that, like uh, special ops guys and stuff like that. But um, uh, it it so it's like an antiquated gun, forty five caliber, or whatever. But it's got the grace trigger. And there's so many good things about. It. But uh, the nineteen eleven kind of died until the assault weapons ban, the uh, the Clinton one, Clinton, right? Yep, it was Bill Clinton. Okay, so Bill Clinton signs the assault weapons ban. It says uh, the max rounds you can have in a pistol is um, is 10. So basically, every American was like, well, hell, if I can only have 10 rounds, I might as well have uh, 10 rounds of 45 caliber. Or, <laughs> I mean, yeah, so a 10-round mag in a, in a 45-1911 is extended. It made an even bigger increase in the amount of nine millimeter 1911s which were not a big deal in the past but today i i haven't seen sales numbers but i would um i would guess there's more nine millimeter 1911s than sold than uh 45 because it just so happens that a standard uh nine millimeter 1911 standard like non-extended magazine is 10 rounds so you were at your you know you were at your max yeah but and so that's where we were at now. Now in 2023, the basically the new information that we have is that uh, a lot of ballistics and and uh, medical stuff has been done. Everyone's figured out now. That basically, uh, there's essentially no difference between what a 45 and a nine mil does to somebody. And we have all this. They have that. Then we have all this latest things that have been done with pistol magazines. Which uh, a pistol, like a magazine, is like probably the most important part of a gun. Uh, the magazine, like if a gun is unreliable, ninety percent of the time it's because the magazine. And a lot of good stuff has been done. So now there's this race to sort of marry up, uh, double stack or stack and a half or whatever nine mils with a nine mil with a uh, nineteen eleven top and. We're seeing a lot of stuff like that. So obviously, staccato is a big name right now. They're they're very expensive. Uh, somebody's making 1911s with uh, P320 lowers. Um, there's just a lot. This is this is like this is like what everybody's going for because the 1911 has so many so many like um, well it has the best trigger in the world. And I don't know if people know about guns, but uh, the trigger is sort of like the like the the main thing that would makes a gun more accurate or not. It's the, tr- yeah, uh, it, the, 
like if you've never shot a single action only pistol, right? Which the most common one you're going to find is a 1911 and its derivatives. Personally, because I'm a weirdo and I like eccentric things, I like 1911s, but I collect more stars, which is a 1911 derivative from Spain. And then the Beretta 1951, which is very similar to a 1911, uh, but all, it's a Beretta from the from mid-century. So the the they're coming back. They're single action only was like considered like obsolete. But the the problem with believing that is like if you shoot it, everything. I mean, I'll get flack for this. It's okay, but everything else sucks. Like if you if you go to shoot anything else, and I challenge anyone to with a straight face tell me differently, it sucks shooting anything else, whether it's double action, striker fired, whatever the case may be. And there, you know, you have to get used to the idea of carrying with around, you know, condition one, round in the chamber, hammer back, safety on. But once you adjust to that, which I mean, personally for me is not a big adjustment. I'm willing to to do that in order to have a better trigger and just easier, just considerably easier to fire the gun. You're good to go. Uh, Maybe a little less appendix carry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I hear that, but I mean, if you're appendix carrying a Glock, are you really, I mean, come on, like, you know, is it really that much more dangerous to have the manual safety? Because you've got the thing about most single action only guns is there's really two different, there's a couple different safety systems, right. That are helping you out and you don't get this in a striker gun. So number one is when that thumb safety is on in a single action only gun, they work in one of a couple ways. One, it actually puts a solid bar in a recess in the hammer. So stars work that way. And, uh, like a Beretta 1951 works that way. That hammer is not freaking moving with that bar there. This is like a, we're talking about something that's like a quarter inch thick piece of steel blocking the hammer from going anywhere. I mean, that's, that's about as safe as you can go. And then the other way, the other method is you have the 1911 is a little bit different. So that works so that the, you've got a steel bar actually blocking the sear movement and then you have a secondary smaller pin which is blocking uh the hammer in the event that the sear block fails so to speak um 1911s also secondarily have the grip safety right for you know an even second layer there grip safeties can help a little bit I won't get into the physics and mechanics of it, even with drop safety um, above and beyond what the, what the irregular safeties do. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty robust safety system, right? You know, striker pistols are considered now where were, I don't know if things are changing now, but like considered to be like the gold standard for safety, but they, they just have different safety issues. I wouldn't say they're inherently more safe or less safe. It's just different. And we can see that from like the SIG P320 controversy, right? Which, by the way, if you like SIG P320s, uh, law enforcement surplus uh, P320s are everywhere now uh, for really good prices due to the recent events in the news where these things are going off all the time. So, I mean, uh, carrying a gun is a big deal. And most important thing is you have to trust it. Uh, it's, it's different, especially civilians, especially concealing uh, with a pistol all the time. So, I mean, I'm now I just haven't owned a single action. I I've owned guns. Uh, a lot of my guns are double action, single action. And you know, it's just like, well, it's more safer for me to carry it. 
double action. So I'm used to double action. Maybe I'm uh, also, it's just kind of an eighties thing. Um, maybe one day I'll get a 1911. I'll, I'll, uh, learn to do single action. Um, right now I have no single actions. I don't think no. And, um, I like Glocks. I love Glocks. I trust Glocks. Uh, I carry Glocks also carry double action, single action. That's, that's, that's where, uh, that's where I'm at. By the way, I give you a lot of credit for that too, because I mean, uh, to shoot double action takes a lot of skill, especially there's a tremendous amount of skill in a double action, single action too, because you have to get used to two different types of trigger pull. Uh, and that, you know, that's definitely like a, a worthwhile skill and one that like, I could like, I, I just not nearly as good of a shot having to switch back and forth between two different types of trigger pulls like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, all the ones I got, by the way, are really good ones. So that helps. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, Someday you will join the boomer Waffen. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, double action is, is, is nice to have. Uh, the, the one, the things that sort of get me off double action is there's just there, there, I uh, posted earlier today. There's very, very few double action, single action concealed carry guns out. There. There's like nothing, I, but even, I don't know if you saw Smith and Wesson just came out with a new single action, uh, uh, that's CSX. Yeah. CSX concealed carry. I haven't, I haven't like shot one in person, but I've seen them. Yeah. It's ugly, but like these guys got options. I mean, I don't even, there's not even options for, for, for my preference. Yeah. Cause HK doesn't, their compacts are still pretty big, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 uh, they're sort of pre 2020, 2010s, 2020s. Uh, like now a concealed carry gun, like a good one should be like an inch wide. Then old days, they were like an inch, uh, an inch, and three uh, three quarter an inch and and three eighths or an inch and a half which is like that's a little that's that's considered too much for now what i'll probably end up doing by the way is um i'm gonna i'm saving my money in when hk releases their super concealed carry gun later this year that'll be my gun uh, i didn't know they're coming out with one that's pretty dope yeah like a, is it a double single or a striker it's a striker it's got a lot a lot of cool features it's gonna be it's gonna be sick all right guys R.I.P. <laughs> to the not to Tucker. R.I.P. to Pompey Magnus. He will be missed. The dream is dead. <laughs> <laughs>